We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. What's up, Roto Grinders? We got edition number two, FanDuel Friday. We just finished the NBA show with the breaking news of the entire Warriors team being ruled out right after we finished. So it's Jordan Poole season, but not to worry, folks. That really only impacted the last five minutes of the show. So you can head over to the FanDuel Friday NFL show page as well. Guess the highest total of the slate for a free week of RG Premium. And we'll be answering questions throughout the day over there as well. But it's time to talk some football over on our sponsor FanDuel here for all the Roto Grinders members. And it's time to get into it. I'm here with my friend, with my FanDuel Friday co-host, Dre. How you doing? I am doing good. I am ready for Friday. Oh, well, not for Friday. But, well, I am ready for Friday. But I am ready for Sunday slate. I'm ready to break this down. Uh, hopefully get on some good plays for everyone. Um, I'm very like how you are normally. I feel like I'm zoned in. Some guys I'm going to probably start eliminating as we talked about the show, but I like my pool right now, but going to probably get a little bit smaller if I can. Yep, same boat for me today. I got a few 
interesting shots I'm looking to ch- uh, take. A few uh, good chalk I'm looking to eat, and and while there's some other I'm looking to get away from. So let's start with the QB position, as well as just some general stacks that we like today. We got the highest projected quarterback on the slate being Josh Allen by a pretty wide margin today. And then after that, we got the likes of Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert, and um, and Aaron Rodgers all picking up double-digit ownership as well. Who are some of your favorite stacks on this slate? Um, I definitely, like, we were talking pre-show about this, how these other guys are ahead of them, like, like uh, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, uh, Herbert, they could all be in games where – they can underperform a little bit just because more so all different scenarios. Like we with Kyler, we saw the last game that they played against each other on Seattle. Um, that game went completely under when it was supposed to be a high fast paced game, but it wasn't. Uh, Josh Allen going against a Jets defense, um, that has been pretty good. Um, Robert Sala is a really good uh, defensive coach, so they could probably see something maybe to stop them. Not sure if it will work though, but they probably they could definitely do that for sure. Uh, Justin Herbert was is without his two top weapons, so he's going to be relying on probably a lot of uh, Palmer um, and um, uh, also Eckler and uh, Everett a lot of here. And then we also have Geno Smith um, against Arizona, like I said before, with Kyler Murray, same situation. And Aaron Rodgers gets probably the best matchup on the board against Detroit. So um, it's interesting. It's an interesting week. I do love Aaron Rodgers. Um, Probably going to be hard to get away from, but there is a re- there's no reason why he should want to as well. Yeah, I think that makes complete sense. And kind of the way that I'm looking at it is, my pool will depend on how many lineups I decide to play. That'll really depend on how NBA goes for me today. Um, and so, if I'm running one lineup, I'm deciding between one of two players. It's Josh Josh Allen. It's Justin Herbert. Allen, based on projection upside. He's without a doubt the highest upside play on the slate, and he's the best fantasy quarterback in the league, probably. Josh Allen is who I want to go to in a single entry, unless I decide to full stack with Justin Herbert, because I've found it's really easy if I decide to go Justin Herbert, Palmer, (laughs) Carter, and Everett in a tournament lineup. I can fill that lineup out with whoever else the heck I want uh, with uh, expensive players. And so if I want to build optimally, it's like I kind of I want Josh Allen and I want Austin Eckler. But that makes it really difficult to stack because they're also the two highest uh, owned plays on the like they're also that two highest like most expensive plays on the slate. So for me, I'm not really interested in building a typical optimal style single entry build like I usually would. I'd either want to play straight cash with Josh Allen where I'm not worried about having to stack with him or I would rather just do my single entry style lineups like a large like just a straight large field tournament build and do a full stack with one of these other QBs or a full stack with Josh Allen and kind of, and uh avoid Eckler uh if I can't uh get up to him in that lineup that type of thing. Um some of the other ways I'd look to differentiate if I was playing more lineups Aaron Rodgers would be chalky. My way of kind of combating that would be playing Tanyan, Watkins, Dobbs, all three in a lineup together. Just make sure I go with a full stack route there. Uh, run it back with Amon Ross, St. Brown on the other side. 
then for me, I'm looking to take shots on like Tua and Aaron Rodgers. They're chalky. So I'm only playing them with full stacks, three man, full stacks, Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers. I might, did I just say two? I might've said two. I meant Kyler. Yeah. Um, and so I love, uh, I love Deandre Hopkins. I'll play a lot of Deandre Hopkins, but in my Kyler Murray lineups, I'm also going to be playing Ertz and either Moore or Robbie Anderson. And so that's kind of how I'm looking at these chalky QBs, Herbert Murray and, uh, Rogers, I'll only play them in full, full stacks. And then I'll make sure I get some Burrow with Higgins and uh, Boyd lineups in there. I'll make sure I get some Tua with Hill and Waddle lineups in there, things like that. Those guys I'm comfortable with just doing two receivers. The other cheapy I, I think I like the most on the slate would be Trevor Lawrence doing some Jag stacks, and then I'll do some Geno Smith uh, Seattle stacks against Arizona as well. Yeah, I don't mind any of those at all. Um, that's pretty much why I have my quarterback fools, all those guys. Um, I do like getting a little bit of Justin Fields just because of the last couple of weeks he's been on. Uh, he's been playing pretty well. And Miami's corners are have been not that great this year. So Justin Fields is someone I think we could, you could use in tournaments today. He's been, uh, I think, the QB2 uh, def, or QB or QB top, like, top five or better the past two or three weeks. So um, he's someone I think we, we should have a lot of more interest in. He's seen like he's gotten better as the season progresses more, using his legs more and running the ball and scoring touchdowns with his legs as well as passing passing touchdowns as well. So um, I think that's that's a good sign for him. And with the addition of Chase Claypool coming to the team, I think that will only help increase his upside here. So this could be a shootout too, I can see it being, uh, just because them um, just giving them a little bit of fits, um, giving this team fits on the – on the ground with his legs and running the ball. Um, so I like Justin Fields a lot here as a tournament play and a pivot off everyone else. Um, but this nothing else I can say about the other guys that I, I do like a lot. Marcus Mariota, I think, is someone I don't know if you mentioned him. It's another it's another guy in a good spot going against the Chargers. That's pretty much been depleted on defense. So I uh, don't mind taking a shot on Marcus Mariota here for sure as well. Um, but other than that, my, my top guy is probably going to be a guy uh, in Aaron Rodgers. Hopefully I don't regret it, but <laughs> I think to me he has to be the top play, and I like pairing him with um, a running back and with a wide receiver and maybe even using Robert Tunyon um, if possible. If not, then um, just if not, then just probably running it with two wide receivers. Um, I think going like a full onslaught stack with that game is something that is viable since it is tied for the highest game total on the slate um, this week. So, you know, I like to go to receivers straight after the QB position since we're in the middle of talking about stacks anyways. So let's scoot over to that position. In our stacks, we've kind of already talked about. You, you build your pass catchers with your QBs. It's who you think you're, is going to catch the touchdowns. Find a way to differentiate in there. Outside of your stacks, who are the receivers you are absolutely prioritizing in your tournament lineups? Outside of stacks, it's kind of hard. Like I really want to play Amon Ross St. Brown a lot, but I know he's going to be probably popular. The targets are going to be there for him today, um, be here in this matchup. Um, 
and that's something like, that does concern me a little bit. Like Diggs, also another guy we can look to to playing a lot of um, going against him. He has a tough match against Sauce uh, Gardner, so I don't mind those two guys for sure in tournaments a lot. Um, I'm kind of a little bit down on Devontae. I think that he just has been playing up to the standards. This whole Vegas offense has not been playing well. Um, so that's something I might I might want to be a little bit less on. Um, the Tampa Bay guys like like Chris Godwin, I think he's someone else, someone else that we can look to use, but only um, as an individual as he's still getting double digit targets in pretty much almost every single game except for two games this year so far. Um, I do also like uh, uh, Mike Evans, I guess, on the opposite side. I think DJ Moore continuously needs to get played. As long as P.J. Walker is starting at quarterback, DJ Moore should be considering your lineups every single week, along with Terry McLaurin. Um, as you can see, if you look at Terry McLaurin's stats, he has had good games since um, Heineke has been there as well um, the past two games he started, and DJ Moore as well since P.J. Walker is there, as you can see the last two games. So I think that's a direct correlation between those guys, and they are fantastic plays in my opinion. Um, I'm not going to, uh, Another guy that you talked about, um, I'll let you talk about probably a little bit more, but Curtis Samuel, I think that that's a fantastic play that you mentioned before, um, um, being with the absence of, um, of McKissick there. So I think that that's a great option as well uh, that we can look at today as well. And as you can see, this my this is my player pool right here. Nothing too crazy, nothing nothing out of the ordinary, too wild. Um, we like dealing a lot as well. Tyler Boyd, bringing these guys off individually or one off is fine. Mac Hollins as well because he's been getting about eight to um, about eight targets on average, I believe, per um, per game, even with a run throw in there. So looks like he has become the number two option. Someone that um that Carr likes to target a lot of today. What about yourself? I like it. There's three players that I'm specifically prioritizing. If I was doing uh lineup HQ tags, they would be DeAndre Hopkins, Amon Ross St. Brown, as well as DK Metcalf. Those are the three that I'm really looking to go go after and get overweight to the field on. Double digit targets for both games with uh uh DeAndre Hopkins back. Amon Ra uh he's coming back off of injury. There's always that little bit of concern with him, but he's just so talented. He gets a 25% target share. And DK Metcalf is just an absolute beast. So uh those are the three that I'm gonna be looking to go to the most. And then some of my I love the I love getting to the Chargers players and stacks. I love getting to uh the Buffalo players and stacks. Gabe Davis is probably my favorite one to get to outside of a stack. And then, yeah, Curtis Samuel, I think, is going to be in for maybe a few more rush attempts, a few more catches out of the backfield with no J.D. McKissick. And we'll talk more at running back, but I also think it makes uh, Antonio Gibson somewhat interesting as well. And then some other cheap guys I'm willing to take some shots on. Sammy Watkins I like quite a bit. Zay Jones, I like quite a bit. Christian Kirk is one of my favorite tournament receivers on the slate. Um, and then, like, Devontae Adams, yes, he's been bad, but he also is just getting so, so cheap. 8,100 is too cheap for him. And a 9K Cooper Cup, they're probably going to be behind. His price is starting to come down. I'm going to try and get overweight to that 15% he's currently projected as right now. Yeah, I don't mind the Cooper Cup call a lot. Like, that 9K price is expensive, but... We know what he does every single game when he's healthy. He just breaks slates 
and he could easily catch two or three touchdowns here in the spot. Um, against he's he's pretty much in my opinion like unguardable. Him and Devon, well, Devonte has proven he's guardable <laughs> with the last mm-hmm. game and playing completely horrible. But um, yeah, I, I don't mind those guys. I know D Hop is definitely. I feel like D Hop has to be considered in being a lineup. Like I like, I think this Arizona game like they're divisional games, but I think that they they, they play each other twice. So I I I feel personally like they either go one of two ways, obviously, um, and typically it happens both both times, but one of each game. They normally have like that one like game that Smash Mouth that's really close and, and tight and competitive. Um, and under, and then they have that other game where it's just, hey, we're just going down the field. We're just going on every single play. And I think we can see that here in this spot here with this Arizona-Seattle game. Um, and I would just go back to it and be high on, on D-Hop and DK, like you mentioned before. I think those are excellent plays. And I don't want to forget even about Tyler Lockett, too, as well. I think he's someone that we can play as well. 100%. Let's swap it over to the running back position. I think from an optimal standpoint, if you're playing cash games, you do whatever you can this week to make to get Aaron Jones, Travis Etienne, and Austin Eckler all in your lineups. For me personally, I would maybe take out Aaron Jones and insert Deion Jackson in that starting spot for uh, get that salary saving in there. That would probably be my favorite way to go about things. But I think Travis Etienne is... 1A this week. He's the most important uh, guy to play. 24 rushing attempts last week. He's been getting the targets all year long. No more James Robinson. This is his backfield, and he's playing a terrible defense in the in the Raiders. So Etienne is the priority. Priority two, it's three players. It's Austin Eckler, it's uh, Aaron Jones, and it's Deion Jackson. Those, I think, are the t- all tier two running backs this week. And you got to choose based on what fits your lineup, what salary you need. You're playing Aaron Rodgers. Maybe you play some of the other running backs. Of course, you can stack Jones with them, but maybe you play these other guys instead. Um, Deion Jackson, maybe you just don't need the salary. So maybe he's the guy you go with. We saw in his last start, 10 receptions, 12 rushing attempts, 23 points. Zach Moss probably isn't going to be fully integrated into this offense yet. Jonathan Taylor is hurt. Naheem Hines is gone. This is Deion Jackson week. And so I personally would leave out Aaron Jones of the three. Uh, but uh, I think that's kind of all in the tier two. Tier three for me, it's Raheem Mostert. It's Joe Mixon. And it's A.J. Dillon for tournaments. Those are my favorite kind of tournament backs out there today. But the Ramondre Stevensons of the world, those are great plays too. And I'm going to be looking to mix in some guys like Josh Jacobs, Kenneth Walker in my lineups. What about you? Yeah, I don't mind any of those calls. I love I love them today. Um, I think I like Etienne a lot. I get the Vegas again, especially against Vegas. We saw what our guy Alvin Kamara did to them last week. So I definitely can see that happening again in this spot too. Um, I do like getting to a guy like um, Aaron Jones personally. I think he's just in a great spot against Detroit. He would be probably two for me. Um, and then Deion Jackson, he's just too cheap. I think he might be a lock, honestly, no matter what the matchup is against New England. New England is actually ranked in the bottom half of the league against the run. Uh, as you can see here, you scroll over a little bit, you see they're ranked 23rd here in the run against the run. So he's someone that could be a, a really good value. I think you cannot – 
not play him. Like it might be a three burner back week just because you have to play him, unless you think of receivers breaking the slate. Um, TSS value is just too cheap and too too unmatched to not play. Um, I do love Raheem Mostert again. I know he didn't get in the end zone last week, um, but I think that he's in a, another great spot against Chicago. We just saw what Tony Pollard did to them last week. I think Raheem Mostert can obviously do the same thing, so he still not have a lot of interest in as well. Um, and Donato Foreman uh, going against uh, Cincinnati. Someone else that we have to look at and consider, like against Atlanta last week, he had 26 rushing attempts, 118 yards, but three rushing touchdowns. I don't know if three rushing touchdowns happening again, but him getting, the, getting them attempts and them touches can definitely happen for sure. And you can see right here that he's in a pretty decent matchup, even though they are ranked number nine in the in um, the NFL as far as stopping against the run. But we saw what Nick Chubb did to them. Um, just, you, I think you just keep pounding this team, ground, like running the ball down down their throats. You'll be able to get through and bring a big one long. Um, I also do not mind the guys that you mentioned, like Kenneth Walker, uh, or like uh, AJ Dillon, or uh, DeAndre Swift. AJ Dillon probably my favorite out of those guys for sure. Um, but his, his touches are just very limited, so I would want to pay attention to that. Um, and decide what you're going to do. Would not play him and Aaron Jones at all together. Uh, we'll play them separate. Um, and this the Swift and Jamal Williams situation is kind of weird to me. Um, like, Swift, I don't think he practiced. He didn't practice Wednesday. And did he, I'm not sure if he practiced on Thursday. But I think that that is very, very important to pay attention to monitor because if he – end up not playing for some for whatever reason, even though he's not listed on the injury report right now, um, then Jamal Williams, I think, is in square play at that point at 7-5. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much all the running backs I do like. I do like Ramondi Stevenson getting to him a little bit against Indy because Indy is not that uh, great against the run either. But my main options and main choices are going to be um, this mid-range here. Going to have a lot, a lot of Mostert, Deion Jackson, um, Etienne, and Jones and Foreman. Like those, like my those, are like my top one, like five running backs. I'm going to probably be getting a lot of exposure to. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. 
they found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Yeah, so there's a couple guys in my pool that I'm getting to that I don't think uh, you have in yours. Somebody that I want to mention, two guys that I want to mention that I forgot to, outside of Deontay Foreman, who I also really like and I don't think I touched on him, are uh, Leonard Fournette and Devin Singletary. I'll be getting to them probably 10, 15% range. Um, and then some deep field, like some large field flyers that I'm going to be looking to take in just a few lineups are Antonio Gibson, like we mentioned, uh, McKissick, not in the lineup this week. Um, Gibson is a guy that got seven targets last week. He's getting more involved in the passing game. And with McKissick out, I, I like Gibson to, um, be involved, especially if we think Minnesota is going to be ahead in this game and Robinson probably may not be getting as many touches as he typically does. Michael Carter, James Robinson might not be fully integrated yet still. And even if he is, I feel like Carter is always going to be the third down guy. We're expecting Buffalo to easily take this game. Carter could be heavily involved in the passing game. And lastly, this is really just like a couple percent in a, uh, in 150 max, trying to win 100k, win a million dollars, whatever it is. Kyron Williams for the Los Angeles Los Angeles Rams. He's 4,500 dollars. He's ridiculously cheap. There's been a lot of reports that with him coming back, this will be the RB one going forward in um, in LA. Acres is back with the team, but he hasn't been practicing yet. Kyron's been injured all year, and now he's finally uh, off the injured reserve. Henderson's been fine, but hasn't really done what they've needed him to. The offense has been sputtering. They happen to put it together this week against a Tampa team that's been struggling. And Kyron Williams is the getting RB one touches. I want to be one of the first to the, to the parade there. So $4,500, nobody's playing him. Kyron Williams will be, if I run 150, Kyron Williams will be in maybe three, four or five of my lineups. Yeah, definitely. I think this is that's a really, really, really sneaky play, especially if he does start against the big, against the workload against uh, Tampa Bay here. So I would would not be surprised. I would be very surprised at that. But hey, you have you have a lot of insight with with this stuff. So and that can work out, and that could pay really, 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 really big dividends, especially if you can get Williams and Jackson right, and they all give you like twenty fantasy points. You just have to have everything else, and, and which could be the nuts, and you're, you're good to go. Um, so we will move on to tight end. Let's do it. Tight end position for me. The priority in a cash-slash-optimal lineup would be Robert Tanyan this week. Nice, cheap salary saver. Um, if I want to go up a little more expensive, I think Gerald Everett 
is uh, priority number two. If you want to prioritize Everett one over Tanyan, I think that's A-OK too. I don't mind that whatsoever. He's been up in the 6Ks lately, and now he's gone priced down with all these guys out. So to be honest, Everett actually might be my one with Tanyan number two. Followed by a guy with like Kyle Pitts number three. And outside of that, it's really just stacks. Mm-hmm. I'll look to Foster Moreau a little bit if uh, um, if Darren Wallard's out. Maybe I'll mix in some Kate Otten. There's some cheapies we'll touch on after we talk about the main guys. I don't mind somebody like Evan Ingram, but Everett's my priority. Tanyan's number two. And outside of that, it's really just stacking. How about you? Yeah, Jared Everett is probably the top guy um, at tight end for me. The targets, as you see last week, without them guys being there, he still had he had nine targets, uh, five receptions. So I don't mind that. I think that definitely will happen again. Um, and being one of his, if not the leading target, uh, go-getter in targets, but had, um, at least second for sure. Um, and then Robert Tanyan is just a match against Detroit. Like, it's just too good. He's already been getting more and more targets every single week. Six targets last week. He had 12 against the Jets and played pretty well. So I think that this week going against Detroit offers a lot of upside for him. I would play him a lot, in my opinion. Uh, so just play him and own him. Um, I do like um, the Evan Ingram call, as you mentioned, against the against the, the Raiders here. I think it is a good matchup for him. Um, just needs to get in that zone to score at 5,200. I think he can easily do it and have a big game and play off his price, especially if he's going to get what he has in the last couple of games, 10, 6, 7, and 6 targets. So I think that that's a fantastic option. Um, I like Mike Isecki a lot. I think that that's a great option uh, going against uh, Chicago. Um, and I think also Deshaun Knox is, is another good option. Just sort of like ranked in the bottom half of the league against tight ends. Um, I believe that's a stat that um, Kirk would put out there last week, I want to say. Um, so this makes me a little bit more interested in, in, in Dawson Knox and seeing how it goes from there. Um, I also like TJ Hawkinson as well going against uh, Minnesota. And uh, I mean, going playing for Minnesota, probably on a limited step count, but I still think he can have an upside here because there ain't that many tight ends here that can break the slate. So having one that can score you a touchdown or two touchdowns, it will be very, very, very important. I don't know if I'm going to get to Hawkinson this week. I think I'll wait for him to get a little more involved in the offense. But there are a few cheapies I don't mind taking a shot on. One of the guys tagged in lineup HQ, Johnny Munt, Munt may be expected to take on more of a role with Hawkinson um, maybe not being fully ready. But I'm more looking at Detroit where he left. Brock Wright is now set to be the top tight end there at $4,400. But he's also listed as questionable. If he doesn't play, there's a 4K James Mitchell as the only projected tight end in uh, Detroit. And so I think just based on that salary, he's worth a shot. And the last guy I think is definitely worth a shot as well is Donald Parham Jr. This is a guy that struggled a lot with injuries this year. But in the past, he's been a favorite of uh, of Justin Herbert's in yeah. the red zone. Not getting a ton of snaps, but always involved in the red zone. He's been active for two games this year. One of them he barely played. The other one he had three targets for uh, for, for 53 yards in there. And so I think with them being so heavily undermanned and they could potentially run more two tight end sets, um, trying to get Eckler 
like more blocking, but then also that sets up the play action. And Parham is a guy that always runs a lot of routes whenever he's out there because he's fast for a tight end. He's got closer to a wide receiver build. So he's somebody I think is interesting to take shots on in large fields. If you're playing lots of lineup, let's wrap it up with the defense position. We're going to get out of here with by far our quickest FanDuel Friday football show yeah. ever. We might have ended up taking longer on the NBA show. And I think it's because we we were here before. We were narrowing our pool beforehand. And so we got a nice tight pool. We got a nice succinct show giving you our favorite plays for optimal, favorite plays for your three entry, five entry max, and then also some large field shots you can take shots on. Who do you think is the optimal defense this week? The ownership is going to either the Bills up top or the Dolphins at 3,600. I think those are fine, but it's also very rarely a good idea to hop on a heavy owned offense or sorry, a heavy owned defense. Are you all right with some of that chalk and who are some of the other teams you're looking to get to? I mean, definitely. Yeah. The bills is fine. The dolphins is fine. Um, unless like Justin Herbert has to play really, 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 really. I mean, yeah, no, Justin Fields sorry, just has to play really, really, really well. Um, so I, I like those defenses a lot. I can't go wrong with them. I really do like getting to like um, Minnesota against Washington. I also do like the other side with the Commanders. I think uh, we have Chase Young coming back, if I'm correct, um, on the DN. So I think that could be a little bit of a distraction for um, Kirk Cousins. So I like the Commanders a little bit, um, a pretty decent amount. And I still, I still like the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, thirty eight hundred. No, they're a little bit. They're coming up a little bit, but. Without um, with, with no Robinson, and it's just ETN. Like, I mean, sorry, not I mean, not that sorry. With the way the offensive for Vegas has been playing, it has not been that great. Um, and like I said, Derek Carr's only thrown two touchdown passes all season. If that, he has no, he hasn't shown a ceiling to the point where I'm scared to just go against him. So I'm going to keep attacking him and keep seeing the defenses can get to him, get the blitz, uh, blitz him and sack him a lot, get some turnovers, um, and see what Devontae Adams could do and, and if he can beat me or not. But he can't score all the points, even though he probably could. But with Derek Carr, I don't think that's possible. So, um, yeah, so besides those other guys, I think my most favorite is probably going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I'm good with kind of some of those chalky teams. The Jaguars are probably my favorite tournament defense on the slate. I don't mind the Buccaneers. I don't mind the Patriots. I really like the Cincinnati Bengals at 4-4 going up against Carolina. I think they're a strong play. I don't mind the Packers, the Rams in tournaments even. I think they could get to Brady a little bit. This could be a low-scoring game. I could see that happening. And then I think there are crazier things than taking shots on minimum price Chicago Bears against Miami and a minimum and near minimum price Falcons against the Chargers going up against, yes, good teams, but also like with the Chargers, they're missing guys. We know Tua can get sacked and turn it over as well as put up monster scores. So I, I don't mind either of those uh, super cheap defenses as well. Um, we didn't mention one, and- but I think it's a good one too. Uh, Carolina Panthers. Panthers, yeah. I, they're they're going to be in my pool as well. I Defense, I'm just going to try and get a lot of different ones. I don't feel overly super confident on one this week. And there's been different teams going off for touchdowns 
every week. I would love if they removed defense from DFS, but uh, we'll see. That'll come when it comes, if it ever comes. Mm. That'll do it for this edition of the FanDuel Friday football show. If you have questions for us throughout the weekend, drop them in comments and head over to the NBA FanDuel Friday where we're giving away a free week of RG Premium. If you're hopping in the comments, you can guess the highest total score of the week. Drop that in the comments. We'll pick a winner and we'll also be breaking down injury news in that comment section throughout the day if you have any questions. Dre, what do you say? Should we give away a free week for uh, NFL as well? Yeah, I think we definitely should. What, what, what do you think it should be, though? I'll let you pick this one since I picked the last one. Let's go with the highest scoring tight end on the slate and with how many points. That's what you got to drop for us to win a free week of RG Premium. Let us know who you think it's going to be on the comments on the Roto Grinders page, and uh, we'll tend to that. Make sure you check out FanDuel Friday. Good luck this weekend, everyone. We hope to see each other and you all at the top of the leaderboards. Let's get it on behalf of Dre, on behalf of myself. Good luck this weekend, Grinders. Peace.